The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Thank you for joining us again for the Source of Truth podcast. And we are glad you've taken time to join us today. And uh, we're looking forward to a great time of fellowship. One quick reminder um, that there will be no live stream devotional this Thursday and this Friday uh, for Thanksgiving time. Obvious reason will be a family and things of that nature. So this Thursday and Friday, there will be no devotional, uh, but we will kick it back up next week and we'll have it Monday through Friday of next week. So we encourage you uh, to enjoy the time with family. I'm assuming you have time off with family. And so we're all just going to take a break for the two days and then start back Monday. Uh, we'll be back into God's Word. So I hope you'll join us and then continue to join us in church on Sunday at 10 or either on property or online. Uh, Wednesday night, there is no midweek service this week as well. And as we've often just changed this week and it's kind of just taken time for us, this entire church, just to relax and get some rest this week. So we hope you'll do that and enjoy that time. And uh, But today we're going to be continuing Proverbs chapter 23. So if you have your Bibles, turn with us there as we're going to look at two verses today. Uh, that are just, again, very practical as Proverbs very is. It's, it's right, at, right at the heart of the matter and really, as we say, hits straight home. And, and uh, so we're going to look at another one just like that. I've entitled today's devotional, Keeping the Right Focus. Uh, I tell you, as a Christian, one thing you can learn very easily is how easily it is to be distracted by things. And, and let me encourage you with an introduction what I what I mean by that. There are certain things in life that have great value and great importance but they pale in comparison to that of God and his plan for our lives. Uh, for instance, you have to pay rent and you have to pay mortgage or you have to buy, buy groceries and you have to um, take care of those things. Those are needs. Those are, those are requirements as, as, parent, as parents and people were to take care of our families. And so we know those things to be true. Uh, we know that to be a requirement biblically. Um, but when, when those things that have been given to us that are needed become something that take place of other more important things that gets us off focus. Remember when Peter was walking in the water, as long as his eyes were on Jesus, he was able to do the impossible. But then he became distracted. He became distracted by things that were real. The storm was real. And as a fisherman, he would have been fully aware of the extreme nature of the storm. But yet he got his eyes focused off of Jesus. Instead of recognizing the amazing thing that was taking place at the moment, he became, dis- he became a focused. He became focused on the wrong thing, missing Jesus. And Jesus right there, right there to continue to direct him. Uh, he missed it and then began to sink. And then, by the way, then became consumed by all the things that he had focused his attention on. He focused his attention on the fear of the storm, and the moment that happened, he then became consumed and endangered by the things that had grabbed his attention. Let me encourage you, if we keep our eyes focused on Jesus, it doesn't eliminate the fact that the storm is there, but it helps us from being consumed by that storm, consumed by the fear of it, consumed by all the things that can take place. And uh, so let's look at the two verses today. In Proverbs chapter 23, I'm going to look at starting in verse 17. The Bible says, Let not thine heart envy sinners, But be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long, for surely there is an end, and thine expectation shall not be cut off. 
What I want to do for a little bit is kind of break this up into, into two thoughts, and I'm going to start with just looking at verse 17 and break down the things he's put in. He's talked about envying. He's talked about bringing around sinners and the fear of the Lord. Three things that I'm going to start with those three and end with, I think, a very practical thought that will help us in this area. The first thing he tells us is to let us not envy sinners. Now, can I be honest, the initial reaction, if you've read this, is you sit back and say, there's no way in the world I would ever, ever envy a sinner. Uh, you know, sinners are struggling, sinners are falling apart, sinners are, you know, they're lost in all of their problems, and we immediately take the word sinner and take it to the full extent of somebody whose life has fallen apart. Really what's being said here is don't envy those who are not following Jesus. They're uh, either they're not saved and they're living a life outside of Jesus and church and all of that, or they've left church and somehow want you to believe that their life is better because of it. And so their world is, con- their, their, their thinking and their desires are all consumed with the world, consumed with what the world has to offer. And some of it normal and good, some of it not good. And you get the impression because their life is not falling apart, that obviously they're doing good. The other impression is that sometimes, and I've seen this, and a lot of times um, we as Christians can get the impression, I've heard preachers even say this, I understand the world may have it better in more nice things because they don't tithe, or they have better financial things, or they, I, I, get, I struggle with this idea that the world has it better. It doesn't, by the way. But if we, if we look at it from the wrong focus, we can be deceived in believing it does. So here's what happens. We envy, when we envy, we envy things that we don't have. Uh, we envy things that we think others have. You know, if, if I don't have something as nice as somebody else, and there could be, by the way, there could be a lot of reasons for that. So if I live in a neighborhood and my neighbor makes more money than me, and I can be envious of that, well, maybe the key is that I need to work harder to gain the money to get that. God doesn't stop that. God blesses hard work. Uh, but I think sometimes what we do is we just assume, I don't have this, it's not fair, and, and that can distract us. We envy what we think others have. We mentioned this in church on Sunday. We envy uh, what we think the marriage is like, or what we think the family's like, or what we think the scenario is like. And, and there's a lot of good things in what we see or else it wouldn't grab our attention. But the key is we're, we're, we're envying something, really not knowing. Instead of looking at what we could have, we want something else. It's, it's a level of what some call escapism. I'm so frustrated with where I'm at or hurt or discouraged or whatever term we use. I'm convinced that my problems, if I could just live that person's life, my problems disappear. And often frustration leads to envy. Can I tell you, the way to resolve that is not to envy someone else's life. The way to resolve that is time with God. Lord, I'm struggling. What can I do? What can you do in my heart? Help me to get what I need to get right so that you can have the best in your life of what God intends you to have. Because you don't want someone else's good, you want your best. And we envy the wrong way. We also envy what we think we are missing. We envy the friendship someone we think has, or we envy what we think could be happening. And by the way, that just comes down to where our mind develops. And, it, and like what Satan told Adam and Eve, what you could have, what we think they were missing. So he tells us, be careful not to envy sinners. Well, let's look at the idea of sinners. The sinners is the world and those without Jesus. The world is often described as those who have material things and enjoyment that we are missing out because of our faith, which again, I, I do not believe. Some of the world may, not, may have more simply because this is all they have. So consider this. Your neighbor may have more. And uh, friends you know may have more that aren't part of church. Have you ever considered that the reason is, is, as far as they're concerned, this is all there is? 
This and what the world has to offer is it. So if I have to go into massive debt to get it, what's the point? This is all I have. You know, when I die, the world can take my debt. And we don't, that's what we think. So you, you think about it without Jesus and the joy that it brings. What other joy do they have but to consume themselves with the things of the world? Because that's all that is there. And here's what we're envying. We're, we're envying those who are searching for enjoyment and fulfillment that can't be found with Jesus. And so they sometimes, maybe they just have nicer stuff because they have more money. Sometimes they're massively in debt. And sometimes the battles that all these good things become conflict in the home due to the debt or due to the financial battle that is coming. And we miss that it looks good from the outside because that's what Satan wants us to believe or sometimes it's what we want to believe. And we miss what God is trying to tell us. Don't envy this. You really just don't envy. Don't envy that. An important application is not to be focused on all the world could offer from a perspective that is void of biblical understanding. Don't be consumed with what the world can offer as someone would be that doesn't have Jesus. There are, there are a lot of things in this world that I think that God has given us for enjoyment. God created this world. We immediately look at the world and we say we can't have any of it. And it's like because we're supposed to love not the world, the more miserable we are in Christianity, then the happier we are. That's not God's intention at all. Love not the world is the cultural, unbiblical thinking of the world's thinking. But we think of all that God has given us. God has given us the beautiful world. God has given us the food we can enjoy. God has given us uh, levels of entertainment. Some of it takes too far, but God has given us that. God has given us family. God has given us this world to enjoy. And so be careful that we get the idea that Christianity limits it. Actually, I think it fulfills it because I get all this stuff, but I'm not consumed by it. And so I, I get everything God has plus that. That's true fulfillment. And that is, I believe, what God wants us to have. Can I remember, remember this, though? He says at the end of that first verse, be thou in the fear of the Lord. When we fear the Lord, we remember his goodness. We fear the Lord, we remember his provision. We fear the Lord, we remember his help in times of struggle. Sunday night when we were doing pie and praise, uh, if those of you here, you'll, you'll remember, remember this. Um, I started something that it was from Psalm 100, um, you know, entering his gorges. Uh, it talks about that the Lord is good. And so I really just, I, I asked the question, we say God is and finish it. And uh, this went on for several minutes. And honestly, probably could have gone on for a lot longer. As all, and what was, to me, it was unique. And it was exactly what I was hoping for. Really, really encouraged and stirred my heart. It was more than just naming things we know to be true. He's the Father, He's eternal. There were, there were people who specifically named aspects and attributes of God that were true to them simply because of how God was true in that area this last year. And it's been true to me. To me, God is sovereign. God is long-suffering. God is in control. Those are some of the things that are true to me. So let me ask you a question. When you think of God is, what does that mean to you? What does that mean to you when you say God is? Fill in that space. The fear of the Lord gives you that answer. A thought, here's a thought. The world's prosperity is short-lived, but the fear of the Lord brings with it eternal rewards. Be very careful that we don't get focused on things that are extremely by nature temporal. You know, in the second, half, the second verse, verse 18, for surely there is an end and thine expectation shall not be cut off. I remember looking at that. I don't fully get this. Can I, can I tell you simply what that means? This life will end for both of us, for those of us following Jesus, those of us not. What happens next is of real importance. If you consume yourself with the world and all that's there to offer, the end of that person who's in the world and out away from Jesus and the person who walks with Jesus, the end is the same. You're both going to die. Though this life will end. What happens next 
is really what matters. And we need to live our life today based upon that information. If we are consumed with this world, we are not considering the next. And remember, it changes, our, it changes or it limits our focus. We can't be focused on all the things that God wants if we're consumed with focusing our attention on what we need and what we want right now. And, and I don't believe these things are wrong. Please understand, people have gone to this thinking to the other extreme where spirituality means poverty and you can't have nice things. I don't buy that for a minute. I mean, think about old, just, just, just dig through the Old Testament. Let's go to Abraham, one of the, the wealthiest men of his time. Job, the wealthiest man of his time. Many of the people who God used greatly and were great men and, God, men and women of God through the Old Testament and New Testament were wealthy. This idea that we can't enjoy the things of the world is foolish. And when we, God has promised to bless us if, we are, if, we're, if we're respectful and honest and right with him. I mean, so I, I think we're wrong in that. If we're, if we're careful, if we're, if we're not careful, we can miss that point. At the same case, if we're consumeth the world, we miss the blessing of God. And we miss the focus that the point of what we have on this earth is he prepared for heaven, to prepare to stand before Jesus. Are we prepared for heaven? If we were to die today, would we spend eternity in heaven? If we were to stand before Jesus, are we ready to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, or are we still waiting to put God first later? These are questions that are worth considering. And that's what he's encouraging us here. The truth of heaven and the standing in front of Jesus should be of great importance. And we will answer this. What did we do with what we have been given? What did we do with our treasures? What did we do with our time? What did we do with our talents? These are the things that consume us. And I believe this. When you're honest and respectful and, and stewarding your finances well and giving and taking care of it, God will bless you with more. When you use your time well, God will bless you with more effect, effect, uh, effectiveness in it. When you, use your, when you use your talents well, he'll give you more. That is just the way you cannot outgive God. Can we encourage you, don't, don't see the world from the way Satan wants you to see it. Man, I miss that. I'm going to tell you something that's been unique to me. In our church over the last few years, we've had several newly saved people. And as they grow in Christ, one thing has always intrigued me as I talk to them. And I'll ask them the difference in the past. And a lot of times, I don't even have to ask them. They tell me. They say, Pastor, I would never want to go back to what I had before I found Jesus. Take that as a great testimony. And may, you know, let me tell you the greatest fear in these two verses is found in those who grow up in church. They get this idea because they're consumed with Jesus and consumed with what their parents have surrounded them with, that they're missing out on the world. And they envy what they think they're missing, and then they get out and they find out how much negative there is with it. Uh, let me encourage us to keep our focus on Jesus and, and, and just keep that focus correct, all right? Keep the right focus. Understand that it's not always going to make sense, and Satan's lies often seem real. Keep the right focus, and in, in, in due season, you will reap if you faint not. Thank you for giving us time this morning uh, to, uh, jo uh, to join us and to look into God's Word. Please remember, uh, Thursday and Friday of this week, Thanksgiving, we will not have daily devotions, but they will pick up again next Monday. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we hope this was an encouragement and a help, and we look forward to seeing you next time.